And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with Bonnie Meyer. Bonnie, where are your books available? Where Can people still get them? Um, yes. You, you should be able to get them from uh, iUniverse or, uh, well, what is the name of it? I've forgotten. Am- Amazon? Yeah, Amazon, yeah. Yeah, Amazon has them. And they have e- uh, e-books, too. Whatever uh, compelled you to write the books? I got tired of only hearing about negative experiences with aliens. And I also found my name, and people came to me and said, here's your name in the book. Is this what really happened to you? And I said, no. I I don't even know who this person is. They never spoke to me. You you mean people wrote, people put you in books and didn't even interview you? No, yeah, they never interviewed me. I don't know where they got their information, but I was so tired of that. I thought I've got to write a book and let people know exactly what happened to me and how it happened and why I changed my belief system. But you believe we can fight these negative forces? Oh, yes, I do. Yes, we can. What do they think of us as people? Do they think we're hateful? Uh, no, I, I I never got that impression from them. No. Interesting. Never. All right, there. let's line up for the calls. We'll go to Malachi, first-time caller in Kansas to get us started. Malachi, go ahead. Hi. Uh, my question is, are UFOs generally attracted to venues when lots of people are in attendance? Lots of people are in what? In attendance. Oh, I, I don't think so. No. Why not? Well, <laughs> I think you have to have an interest in the first place. And let that be known, you know, talk about it, go out at night, look, look to the sky. Um, don't call in, just, just say, ah, will a ship come in? Huh? You know, come on in. You don't know who's in that ship. I suggest if you go out there that you surround yourself in light and say you won't accept anything that's negative. You only want positive ships to come. And, you, you, um, you've been aboard the craft. What do they look like on the inside, Bonnie? Uh, <laughs> they are very, very, they're almost seamless, and it's it's like um, shiny, like a metal. But I really don't know what it's made of, and it's it's lighted. The walls are lighted. The ceiling is lighted. There's no. I didn't see any light fixtures. So the, the light is coming from the actual ship itself, the, you know. And um, I didn't see doorways. You walk down the hall, and if you were close to a door, it would open, and it would slide into the wall. Now, this was the mothership you were on or the smaller ones? Uh, that was the mothership. Small ones, uh, I was on the small one, and um, it basically was a uh, maybe 30 feet across, 
and that also was very smooth, shiny. Uh, I saw the where they steered the ship. There was uh, like a stool that they sat on, and there was um, three panels. One panel was um, like little plastic with black symbols on them, and for some reason, I thought those symbols were a language that anybody would know what it meant so that anybody could actually drive the ship. And then there was another panel that had blinking lights on, and when they sat at that, they had a large screen that they could see what was outside, and above that were windows that went around the whole thing. And when when we were traveling and we were uh, near the ground, I could see the trees and uh, the roads and stuff. And as we ascended, all of a sudden I could see the, the beautiful stars. It was beautiful. I bet I, it was. I, oh, it was so beautiful. And you know what? The smell inside was so refreshing and so easy to breathe that you just wanted to take a deep breath because it's, I guess because there was no pollution. It yeah. was actually pure air. With That's the only thing I could think of. There was no pollution because it smelled so fresh. It kind of reminded me. When I was a little girl, my mother washed her clothes and hung them in the line. They'd come in and make the bed, and it smelled so good. You'd have that airy, that nice airy smell. Oh, it was just beautiful. Yep, I remember those days. Brian in <laughs> Indianapolis. Go ahead, Brian. Hey, George. Good morning. How are you? Okay, thanks. Good. Hey, Bonnie, interesting story. Hey, I have a couple of questions. And when, and, uh, when you were talking about the sh- uh, spaceship the size of... Chicago made me think of Independence Day and how big those ships were in the movie. But my questions yeah. are: these aliens that you that you talk with and go in their ships and meet with are these the same aliens that visited the ancient civilizations uh, in like South America and over in China and all across the world? Uh, they have been on the Earth, yes, many times. But the ones that are here now, have, they were on the ship that came in in about 1932 or was it 38. The ship has been here since then. So, were any of them part of the Roswell crash, Bonnie? No, no. That's a different different group but of they people. Have, they have had ships crash. Why? <laughs> Why did they crash? Uh, mostly from a malfunction in the drive system is what a lot of them were from. Um, you know, they say, yes, we're technologically advanced, but we still have problems with pieces that, you know, all of a sudden they don't work. <laughs> Bonnie's, Bonnie's website is part of coasttocoastam.com's link. It's thelightside.org and her books. Yeah. Go ahead. And then, and then we have the lightsidechronicles.com. Okay. Pearls of Wisdom from the Positive ATs. 
And then we have the lightsidechronicles.org, and that's 40 Years of Positive Alien Contact. And my first book, Alien Contact, the messages they bring is on that, and it's free. If people want to become part of this UFO study group, can they? Yes, yes. Uh, we meet sometimes uh, on uh, meetups. <laughs> we dial, you know, and, and people can join. All right, next up, let's go to Linda in Spokane, Washington, west of the Rockies. Hello, Linda. Hello, George. Thank you for taking my call. Well, thank you. You're welcome. And um, I I would like to express my theory that uh, everything started with Roswell. Um, I think now we're in a timeline or dimension that is being controlled by an AI God system. And I, I think that in Roswell, uh, that's when the Central Intelligence Agency was formed, intelligence. So I think that they say they have a way of taking E.T. home, but they don't want to. They want to live off that alien uh, mind or technology, and it's gotten to the point where uh, they are wanting to change humanity into robotic gray type. Now, when you say they want to change, who are you talking about? I'm talking about Tom, maybe Tom or John, the alien gods that caused all this and used the planetary body that is the living organism, uh, Mother Earth. Uh, is that is that you barking, Linda? <laughs> yes, my name's Delilah. All right, good. Well, what do you think of that, Bonnie? The evil ones don't want to keep keep us suppressed. Well, I I think they do. You know. <laughs> you agree with her? Uh, partly, yes, but uh, you know, there's so much going on that it's it's hard to know everything, and I just keep searching, looking for answers, and searching out things, and trying to see if I can find answers when I come across the question I don't know how to answer. Let's go to Morris in Birmingham, Alabama. Hello, Morris. Go ahead. Good morning, y'all. How you doing? Good, Morris. Thank you. Hey, I got two questions. All right. Is I I truly believe that one of my family members was abducted, but my question is, if you are, do your body stay, and your, you know, do your mind just go and they? How does that work? And another question is. Has anybody ever requested she have a lie detector test? Because, I mean, if we listen to it and believe, you know, we can find some truth in it. But if we don't believe, we cannot. All right. First of all, Bonnie, when they are taken or abducted, 
It's a physical thing. The body goes too, right? Uh, yes. Yes, it, yes, it does. It's not and just. It it's not just. Usually is because they want to do experiments on the body. Now, has anybody ever asked you to take a lie detector test? Um, no, but I've had um, a psychoanalyst that talked to me, and she agreed with me fully. And I had a, a hypnotist that hypnotized me that was not even from the state. And she talked to me and hypnotized me, and she said, I believe everything she said. So. Well, you, well, you say it with conviction. I mean, uh, it's it's very different. Believe me. I mean, you're doing that. Would would you take a lie detector test if somebody asked you to? Yes, I would. All right. That's. Yeah, uh, I have no problem with that. That's important. As long as they pay for it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's go to Fount, Fountain Valley, California. Aaron's with us. Hi, Aaron. Hey, George. Good to have you with us. Hey, Bonnie. Yeah. Um, yes. Um, you can hear me? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yes. Uh, I had an experience where I was wondering about the Pleiadians, and um, they can appear. So I think it's interdimensional. I don't. I, I think they're friendly. My question was, they telepathically, I had a contact there. So I don't think it's like a, a abduction, but people that they can contact telepathically in all walks of life. And they told me to go outside. And so they said that they were from my family, meaning if, if there is some seeding and also um, about the Pleiadians that they um, were forecasting, like what is the earth changes that we need to be aware of? Um, well, I I studied uh, with a group who studied George Adamski, and he was in contact with the Pleiadians and other ones. And um, uh, I believe they're here. You know, they come and go. And uh, I think they're more human-like. Do I mean, they, they look more human-like than a lot of the aliens do. Do they, do they communicate via telepathy, do you think, Bonnie? Uh, yes, they they can, um, but you have, you have to be vibrating at a higher rate of speed than we are right now, so it's really hard for us. But every once in a while, people get things in their mind, and they say, I wonder where that came from. Well, maybe it was an alien that's giving you some suggestions. You just don't know. But, um, yeah, I on the, on the ship, they have meeting rooms. And in the rooms are uh, machines that they can put on their head that whoever is speaking, it translates for them. Or there's some of them that do speak with tele- telepathy. And it was explained that telepathy is more like talking in pictures. And a picture describes more than any word would. So it's it's easier for people to understand that when they use telepathy, 
they don't make the mistakes that we do with words because people use words and it means different things to different people, especially in translations. When you, when it's translated from one language to another, and if if they're talking in in your mind, it's kind of like pictures they're showing you in your mind, and you know exactly yeah, sure. I mean, what they're trying to say because you get a picture of it in your mind. So has any of this scared you, Bonnie? At first. I, I was very leery of some of this stuff, so are you, you know, and I, I always tested. I always tested, I and they were told, okay, we'll say that for go me. out and search and find what you need for you at this time because you can't accept everything all at once. It's too much for us. You know, our brains don't, <laughs> don't work that good sometimes. What do you think of these ETs are interdimensional as opposed to planetary? Well, I, you know, I think there are a lot more. They they talk about not dimensions. They talk about vibrational level of a person, and when they get to a higher vibrational level, we can't see them. Because they're vibrating so fast, their body. So they're there. We don't see them, but they do exist. We're not capable of seeing them, are we? No, we're not. So, and sometimes they can lower their vibration, and then they can be seen. And a lot of the aliens that come down and walk on the planet have to lower their vibration to be seen. And they can't lower their vibration for a long period of time so they can't stay very long. Bonnie, we're going to take a short break and come back and take final calls with you in a moment on Coast to Coast AM. And welcome back to our final segment with Bonnie Meyer as we're talking about ETs, extraterrestrials. So what's the next step, Bonnie? What happens next? Is there a planned agenda? Uh, For me? (laughs) Or the aliens? (laughs) Maybe both of you. Uh, Well... I am going to rewrite the first book, Alien Contact the Messages of Britain, because there's a lot of stuff that I would like to add that wasn't into it that I learned later on. So I would just like to rewrite that and put some more personal things in it. Update it a little bit. Yeah, and, you know, make it a little better. And they did have a lot of errors in the in the book, and we corrected them, but they got in there anyhow. And uh, so I will go with somebody else this text next time. <laughs> and what about the ETs? What's their agenda? Their agenda is just to kind of wait and hopefully try to get uh, more light workers woken up. That uh, you know they are they are more powerful than they think they are. Um, not in a negative way, like, you know, but we have, we have the light that's in us and that can protect people and we teach them how to use it. And um, we also have a, a little folder or a little book called How to Refuse Alien Abductions that we 
made and it's on it's on the web and you can download it free. All right, good. Yeah. All right, the calls are rolling in for you. Let's go to final calls. First time caller Arlene is with us in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Hello, Arlene. How you doing, George? All good. Yeah, uh, your uh, woman there, she is really on point. You know, I've had a lot of experiences. For one, um, I uh, had an experience in the apartment building that I was living in. So I'm like, okay, God, if this is a uh, alien, I'm going to find out. So I put this liquid in the vents. So I waited a while. So this guy, he comes out in the hallway. He does off this yell. Sounded like the Jurassic Park uh Dinosaurs. So then uh, I said, okay, uh-huh. So one day I was leaving out the apartment building, so he comes face-to-face with me, and he speaks to me telepathically. He says, mm. you know who I am. So I acted, you know, just lame and went on my way. And so another time, living in another place, so there was a refrigerator, a short-style refrigerator. So what I did was, because I kept hearing this noise, so I cut the cord. So when I cut the cord, there was a uh, entity that came from under the refrigerator. So this guy, he comes, he goes downstairs, and he goes in the hallway, he yells the same yell. And so Milwaukee, I'm just going to, you know, not go too far with this because I've had a lot of experiences. Milwaukee is full of them. So there was another guy, he lived above me, and he told me, he said, we are here. And he's speaking to me telepathically, and he goes, we are here, and um, your world will never be the same. Let's check in with Bonnie on that. Bonnie, are they everywhere? Um, well, there there are some around. Yes, there are. The ones that uh, look human. But uh, a lot of them have small details that gives you, uh, I mean, one of the LMs, she, she looks a very human, and she's quite short. Uh, but she has, uh, I call them Spock ears. So she wears her hair down over her ears as she's on the on the planet. How many how many humans do you think, Bonnie, are being confronted by some of these ETs, like Arlene is, like you are? I mean, is it is it widespread? I, I think it's time that we speak up and find out exactly what is going on and how many are here, and whether they are here for their pleasure or if they are here to help us. And you think it's 50-50, don't you? Well, it's definitely a toss-up. Yeah. I wouldn't wouldn't want to guess of how many. Let's go to Joe in Monterey, California. Joseph, go for it. Thank you, George. Thank you, John. Um, you know, I've uh, I used to uh, live in New York, and I used to go to expos, and I used to meet a lot of people, and they always uh, used to tell me stories about different things, and I used to see different groups at these expos, and they have their story. Uh, it seems that they are recruited. It's like a, a recruitment, and they're told what to do, and it doesn't make sense what they're doing, but they truly believe that they're doing the right thing. If the ETs were around here for thousands of years, actually millions of years, how come the world is in the condition it's in? After all that time, you think they would have guided us. 
And did they talk about any guides and angels, how we could get in touch with them for assistance? Thank you, Joe, uh, for taking my yeah, call. All right, Joe. We can, you know, uh, uh, we were taught, you know, how to meditate. And they say meditation is asking for answers. Why is this planet in such a mess, Bonnie? How come they're not stepping in? You said earlier they can't get involved, but right. they, they, they should be able to. They they will be told when they're allowed to. You know, I mean, it's just like anything else. You have your people above you, and you follow their rules. But they uh, are waiting for the go-ahead, and yeah, then they will. Yet the evil ones... They seem to be more involved than the good ones. Yes, that is their object, and that's why we want to step forward and say they are not good, but there are good ones out there, and we should recognize the difference. And when we recognize the difference, we can stop them by simply sharing our light and love with them because they will back away and they want nothing to do with us because they can't survive in that. Sounds like the bad ones are marching to a different tune. Mallory's with us in Tucson, Arizona. Hi, Mallory. Go ahead. Hi, George. Um, Such a pleasure uh, speaking with you. I'm a big fan. Well, thank you. Yeah. And and Bonnie, uh, it looks like I'm a new fan of yours. Um, I can't wait to buy your book. Uh, I do have a question for you. Um, so when George earlier, he, he asked you um, at the beginning of the show to describe one of the ETs that you came in contact with, and it sounded to me like you came in contact with an ET who the ancient Egyptians would refer to as Horus because he, um, he's depicted as a humanoid body and he had the um, falcon features. Thanks, Mallory. It's a good observation. The Egyptian gods that they described in their artifacts could very well have been extraterrestrials, don't you think, Bonnie? I think so. I mean, they would call them gods, and they were probably Jews. John is with us, truck driving in Ohio. Hey, John, go ahead. Hi, George. Hi, Bonnie. I, I got Hi. a question. How? What is the life expectancy of these aliens? How long do they live in... Do they have the same uh, things as us, sickness, disease, uh, especially since they're not from this planet? Would they be more susceptible to being uh, sickness and disease? Take that one first, Bonnie. Okay, yes. Um, some of our diseases, yes, they, they could be susceptible, especially like the uh, cold and flu. <laughs> they could get wiped out, couldn't they? 
Um, well, I don't know if they get results because they do have doctors. They do have doctors because they have accidents and things, and they do need a doctor once in a while. So, How long do they live? Um, each species has their own life expectancy, and uh, we asked, I asked Eric, and he said he's lived about 700 years in our time. 700? Wow. And he's considered young. 700 is young? Is young in his species. Of course, in our biblical days, what was Methuselah? 900 and something? <laughs> he was an old one, that's for sure. But other ones, uh, like Mom, she looks to be about 35 years, but she said they, they, her species lives to be about 100. And you're complaining that you're 81. Well, I'm getting close to that. <laughs> You got a long way to go to get to 700, Bonnie. <laughs> yeah, but this body wasn't made for that. We have too many problems on this planet. Next up, Don's with us in Alberta, Canada. Hello, Donald. Hi, George. Hi, Bonnie. Hi. Um, your previous guest was talking about lie detector. He should learn to listen through his heart like they do in other cultures. Um, we don't recognize it in North America. We have to make eye contact, but when somebody looks down, and certain cultures, they're actually listening through their heart to see if it resonates as true or not. True. Um, <laughs> anyway. Well, your um, life evidence in that area. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so my question, well, I had so many. <laughs> I don't know where to start. Now I got sidetracked um, with your previous caller. But, um, the okay, so the other day I seen an orb flying along. And I know that they're constant. And I, somebody sent me one on their their uh, uh, surveillance camera and all the rest of it. And then, I, okay, so I seen one the other day and I was zipping down through the sky at about tree level doing about uh, 50 miles an hour, 80K for the people in Canada. And uh, what surprised me is it got about a thousand yards away. It started to zigzag back and forth. But then I was listening to George Knapp and he had a gentleman on that was saying that they distort gravity and light and that's why they look like they're they're zigzagging back and forth, but they're actually not. Um, and then I went online and did some research on them. Apparently, they're quite common. I just was wondering if you knew anything about uh, those uh, particular objects. They're they're about two and a half, three feet round, and they just float around. <laughs> yeah, what do you think orbs are, Bonnie? Um, well, there are some that are. Um they send out to check out the area. It's like scouts? Give, yeah, and give information back to the aliens. And uh, uh, one night I was coming back from a meeting with, with a friend, and we were driving down a country road, and there was a ditch on our side, and then there was uh, a line of trees. And between yeah. the car... Almost in the ditch, but just we could see him because he's in front of the trees. This blue object came about the size of uh, a small, well, maybe like a small basketball or uh, something like that. And it it paced the car for quite a while. And I looked at it, my friend, and I, I looked at him, and he looked at me, and we both said at the same time, do you see that? <laughs> it followed the car wherever it went. And how, how big we was 
How big was it? Like a basketball? It was about the size of a, a basketball. And it paced us for a while, and then it just shot off. And in a couple of seconds, it was gone. They saw a lot during the Vietnam War. And during World War II, they called them Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters, yes. Yeah, a lot thing. of those that, well, they were interested in what was going on on the planet. Bonnie, we have a minute left. Tell folks about your website and where they can get your books. Um, Amazon, you can get the books there. And we do have hope. And, uh, and the uh, websites? That's, a, that's an email. I mean, uh, and your websites? The website is org, and uh, we haven't done with that done anything with that in quite a while because we lost our the guy who was working on it. <laughs> what happened to him? He, he died. Yeah, he died, and we don't have any passwords. Oh my gosh! So we're trying to like find that. out a way that we can get into it. That's and not that's updated not, because. That's, uh, Telephone numbers and our email addresses are all wrong. <laughs> That's not easy. Bonnie, thanks. Take care of yourself. Quite a story for Dan Galanti, Tom Danheiser, Lisa Lyon, Lex Lonehood, Sean Ladasores, Stephanie Smith, Chris Burroughs, Tim Banal, George Knapp, and Ian Punnett. I'm George Norrie somewhere out there on Coast to Coast AM. We'll see you on our next edition. Until then, be safe, everyone.